All right, time for the Miami Sports Pod. Will Manso Clay for Oduki Lang. And in a weekend that saw the uh, Hurricanes lose another ugly ACC game at home, and that saw the Dolphins continue the tank process, we start the week, though, talking about the positive that is coming up, and that is the start of the Miami Heat basketball season on Wednesday evening over at the American Airlines Arena. So while we could talk about the negative, let's, let's try some positive. Well, there's been so much bad in this town that I feel we need sort of a good feel vibe uh, to the pod this week. Uh, so let's start with, and let's let's focus on the Miami Heat. And I won't call this a season preview pod, Clay, because I think we've done enough little things throughout the process to show some of the things we like about the Heat and maybe don't like about the Heat. But as we start now, here we go, basketball season, what is your main takeaway entering the year about what you're looking forward to the most and what you think this team can be? The word you just said, vibe, there's a really good vibe out there, and it, it just it feels like everybody is on the same page. And I want to go back to something that Justice Winslow said when I was interviewing him at Media Day, and I asked him about the difference between, and this was, I mean, they hadn't even gone to camp yet, and I, I asked him about last year, and he said the big difference was last year in our locker room, you had a lot of guys who felt like they should be playing more. And I'm paraphrasing him here. And he said, look, with good reason, those guys are competitors and they're good players and you understand it, but it feels like this year everybody's on the same page. Except Deion Waiters, man. And, and that's where I'm going with this. So what happened on the eve of, of uh, no, the practice yeah, before yeah. they end up going for uh, for their opening night? They suspend Deion Waiters. And because he, what, he threw a tantrum on the bench or whatever, I don't know what it yeah, was. It's hard, to, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it was, but the point is it was something that the Heat didn't like. And it feels like, Will, they're saying, uh-uh, no more of that. And, and also, by the way, it helps that they don't need Deion Waiters right now. That the way this roster is constructed and with how well Tyler Hero is played in the preseason, that they don't necessarily need him right now, so it makes it easy to make an example. But I think at the same time, Will, they don't want to go down the road that they have the last couple of years where you had guys in that locker room who clearly were not on the same page yeah and I, and I worry too because you know the, the one thing and while we'll delve into some of the things since we started this Deion Waiters topic and I think it is topical given that it happened over the weekend uh, Dookie the one thing that that look I think you both know and I think anybody who listens to the pod or watches the shows know that I'm a big fan of Dion because I like those things about him that maybe others don't, that irrational confidence is supposed reference to him about, and that attitude that he thinks he's Michael Jordan. I actually appreciate that because I think you need that kind of player on your team when he's got skill. You know, if you, if you have that irrational confidence and you're not good at basketball, but I think Deion Waiters can be good at basketball and healthy and in shape. And he spent all summer on his Instagram, and you're an Instagram lurker. You sp- he spent his entire <laughs> summer on Instagram telling us he's healthy and in shape. And then this happens, and that's disappointing because I have been on on, the, on his bandwagon, so to speak. I have been defending him to others, and I don't think this is at all any kind of saying the end of Deion Waiters Miami or he can't bounce back from this. It is just a one-game suspension, but it's a bad way to start the season. First of all, I want to paint a picture of how we're seated right now. Clay is about nine feet tall. and Well, that's Clay every day. There Clay were no chairs in here, so Clay Will decided to bring him the world's tallest chair. So I feel like I'm looking up at the... You know, Statue of Liberty on one side, and then Will has the world's shortest chair. Well, I'm and- also on a Daniel Jones jersey, so if I'm going to be, I'm like the the guy the, the guy in the corner of the classroom, right? You know? <laughs> and, and in the dunce cap, in the dunce and cap, I, yes. with no balance, am sitting on a stool that I invariably will fall, and you will hear a loud thud at some point. What in are this you podcast. talking about? This is a very glamorous business. Uh, okay. So anyway, as as I, as I sit on my stool here, uh, 
And by the way, Instagram lurking has been weakened because Instagram took away the button where you could look at what people are liking, which is a great way to stalk people. Uh, you can use it for athletes, ex-girlfriends. What, what, what do you mean? There's, there a button, there? there's a screen where you could, let's say you liked a button, a workout, okay. a workout thing. Okay. There used to be a thing where I could see all the things that the people I follow yeah, uh, liked. They took that that's away. Gone? Yes. Oh, so if you want to like something sketchy... That. You can like whatever you want now because nobody can see it. So you said, hold on, I'm going to go on and know. So, we'll test this out. So yes. What, what was the, so, what so this is great, by the so, way, great potting. So is in when you're showing of, me something on, on that no see. one else can see, but I mean, it, most it, it was on, on, it was on this part right here. Oh, so, so where I'm there used to be a split, right. So where you, you see your notifications, see. there used to be a split where you could press a button and see all the things that the people you like. So people used to look into it. Oh, LeBron James just like a post from the Lakers. He must be going to LA, that sort of thing. I did not know that. And that is, I mean, I, I knew that you could do that because it would pop up now and then. Right, well, that, like, that, oh, has, wow, look, that has been taken away. Duke, so Duke, he likes another awful post. So, but, okay. so exactly. So you can't, so you can't follow that anymore. But think about, Dion, you mentioned the word irrational confidence, right? So to have an irrational confidence means you have a self-belief. The guy always says, bet on yourself and double down. That's his expression. He has this super strong belief that he is the best player in the world, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, mm -hmm. which is great. Late in games, he's not afraid, can go to the basket fearlessly. The problem is that on this team, he's a role player. And Isn't kind of everyone on this team a role player? So but I Dwayne, guess Jimmy would follow the different role. He's the star of the role. But, but Dwayne Wade, for example. But I think everybody does in this team. But no, Dwayne but, Wade no, last I, year was willing to accept the the word yeah. role player as being guy who comes off the bench, a finisher instead of a starter, and understood, I'm going to play between you bought into X, it and he, X and he excelled of, in it. For Dion. Because of that confidence, I think if you look at the roster, the Heat are probably not best served starting him. So that's a hit to an ego of a guy who we saw when we used to have that button working out all summer fiendishly to get back in shape, who is rehabbing an ankle, who wants to be a contributor, who wants to live up to his contract. So I feel like his heart is in the right place, but his ego is not. No, to your point, Fair. to your Fair. point, the role, he's a role player. And like you said, everybody but Jimmy Butler is probably a role player on this team to a certain extent. But his role on this team is much smaller than the role that he thinks he should be taking. Or that his salary maybe dictates well, And that's should. true, too. That's yeah, and, true and, that, well. and Spoh's always said it. He's not going to pay, play, pay, uh, play, pay, play, 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 how am I trying to say? you to say. He's trying to pay. Play, play players, players based on what they're based paid. Based on what they're paid. Wow. Say, say that, that one time correctly. I was going to say, say that. I, you stole my thunder there. I can't even say it one time, let alone ten times fast. All right, so here's a guy who's making money, who is obviously a guy who thinks he is a star-level player, who's just not going to get that opportunity because it's not for the best of the team. Giving the ball to Deion Waiters and saying, go, Deion, take 20 shots a game is <laughs> not the way this team is going to be successful, no matter what Deion thinks. So... What I'm thinking, though, is this This is the part that confuses me. We've all seen people that think they're one thing and, and their bosses or someone else, or even relationships, their partner thinks they're something else. Like yeah, Everybody thinks they, they have this level that they hold themselves to. While Dion has been telling us the shape he's in, right, and while Dion has been working out behind the scenes and working on his health and then getting to camp and all these things that he's been doing, right, haven't the Heat been telling him what they want him to be? So... Where has he been getting this idea? It's not like they've been saying, Dion, come back. We need you. You're our guy. Get in health, and you're going to get 20, 25 shots a game. 
there's always been an idea of what Dion's role can get. So was he just blind to it or thought that he could get the camp, show he's in good shape and everything would be okay? It's a good question. And, and I don't know that those conversations necessarily take place. And, and perhaps it was to Dukey's point that he just always figured the second he got back on the floor and got into the type of Miami Heat shape that he needed to be in, that just naturally he would go back to being that guy that he was uh, back in that, that great, what, what 41 and 41, uh, the 30 and 11 mm-hmm. second half of the season run. The problem you run into, though, now is the talent level on this team is higher. And so on that team, they really needed Dion to kind of be the guy that Dion thinks he is. And if he failed, then, <laughs> oh, well, nobody else on the team was going to be any better. You're right, but that, that sounds funny, doesn't no, it? it? I, I get no. The guy absolutely. he thinks he – like, that's yes. funny. Yes, and, okay. and by the way, the guy that he can be maybe, I don't know, two or three times out of ten. But the problem is that you've got other guys on this team now, and it's so much better constructed, the, the roster is, to where um, – the the positionless basketball they want to mm-hmm. play it is positionless but there's not a gray area with what guys strengths and weaknesses are that was the biggest problem before it wasn't that you had a bunch of guards necessarily it's that you had a bunch of guys that largely did the same thing yeah. now you have shooters you've got guys who can handle the ball much better you've got guys who can play really well in a half court offense but still play the four the five you've got stretch bigs you've got this this opportunity where the guys that may all play the same position play it completely differently. Yeah. And so what Dion brought before, it's it's no longer unique. All right, you guys both work out, right? Okay, Will, you just you just ran a marathon. Clay, you work out all the time. When you work out, right, you tell yourself things in your mind to motivate yourself, right? When you're going to run that marathon. Well, I told myself the Giants you, are good. But you have to think the things. The going to get too. You know, if I, <laughs> if I finish this 20 miles today, I'll go get a pizza. If I, you yeah. have, so, you, so when Dion Waiters so was, was- he's getting pizzas after his- uh, I'm workouts? saying that when he was busting it this summer, when he was trying to get into Miami heat shape, he wasn't saying in his mind- I have to do that extra set of wind sprints because I really want to contribute four key minutes in the third quarter. I think that's like, fair. I don't I think, think that's, that's no, what he was picturing. He's not wired that I think way. he I was it. picturing like I'm going to start and out. take over, the, and I'm the new DW. Time out. Can I, do you think Goran Dragic, when he was working hard this this off season, was thinking that hey, I'm going to come off the bench and while Justice takes my role, and I'm going to play whatever quality minutes I can? No, of course he wasn't. No one on this team is thinking I'm going to be a lesser role for the team. They're thinking they're I'm going to show the team that they need to play in key moments, and that's what Dion has to understand. And I don't want to make this a whole pile on Dion, but I just I'll end with this on Dion. You guys can finish your thoughts too. When it comes to Dion. Just play. When you yeah. get those moments, especially early in the season when you're trying to figure out roles, look, Tyler Heroes look great in the preseason. Let's see how he looks in the season. We don't know if Tyler's going to come out with that. Uh, teams, you know, focusing it on taking away certain sure. things. Other guys as well. There are a lot of guys that have little questions. Look, Bam has looked good with double-doubles in the preseason. Now without Hassan, there is that lead role at center. Is he going to be as much of a factor with that energy? These are all things to be determined. So if you're Dion, just play. If you come off the bench as a six-man and a 7-11 combo with, with Gorin, do the, have the same energy you had three seasons ago when you had that combo as starting and you were scoring 18, 20 points a game. Give those minutes and give that production, and trust me, Eric Spolster will have no choice but to use you. It's a great point, and oh, by the way, if you're doing that off the bench, you should be going up against a lesser defensive player, so you should get your numbers. And, and oh, by the way, if you want to get traded, that's how you get traded. You increase your trade value because you had a report from uh, Sean Devaney the other night that 
they put him on the block back at Christmas, and nobody has wanted him. So at this point, it is only Dion that thinks that he is this elite-level player. No other teams in the league are willing to, to pony up for him. If he accepts this role and comes out and plays above it, then maybe they will. And the, the disconnect between what he sees and what the Heat see are the reason he's probably not going to be playing opening night. Because there's some, it's it's like there's a, there's a like dysmorphia of his talent. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He looks in the mirror and sees Michael Jordan and Spolstra looks at him and sees Deion Waiters. Yeah. All right, look, that's the Dion topic, and that I hope that this isn't a topic that we have to revisit in two weeks, three weeks. I hope that this is something he gets suspended a game, comes back, says all the right things, plays what he plays, and has production. And then again, it's an 82 game season. There are injuries, there are inconsistencies, there's poor play. Dion will get his chances. He's got to make the most of it. If he goes in with this attitude and doesn't change it, he's not going to get a lot of chances because Eric Spolster won't give it to him because he wants players that buy in. And look, Tyler Hero is a name I mentioned moments ago. So why don't we go there? It's very rare. That on a team that has a few established young players, you know, you've got already Bam. I already mentioned, uh, you know, I mentioned Bam, and now I mentioned Justice. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. has grown into a nice role. You get a Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic. You have a nice mix of veteran and youth, and yet the guy that really has Heat fans clamoring as you enter the season is Tyler Hero, who draft night, and I was one of them, kind of said, "Huh? Why?" Yeah, with you. Why? You know, I like Tyler here. I remember seeing him a couple of times in Kentucky. I, I, I saw him as potentially on the Heat's radar. And I remember draft night thinking if the Heat trade out of that, what were they, the 14th pick, whatever it was, 13, 14th pick, whatever that it was draft night, I could see them trading down to the 17, 18, 19 range and whatever it may be. I just didn't think that he was the fit that they needed. Yet all of a sudden, he's the talk of the town when you talk Heat basketball. Are you buying into the hype clay that Tyler Hero can be this impactful? Or are you putting on the brakes a little and letting people know, hey, it was just the preseason? By nature, I'm kind of a middle-of-the-run guy when it comes to hype and all that stuff. I feel like the truth is always in the middle with this stuff. I, I do think the long-term projection of him is far, far higher than I, I could have imagined. And, and it's because... Uh, this is the report that I read that I found really interesting. The Heat view him as Clay Thompson offensively. Now, what makes Clay Thompson one of the top 10 or 15 players in this league when he was healthy was the fact that he was also a lockdown defender. And, and that's Hero's big question mark, but he has time to work on that. If they view him that high long term, mm-hmm. then then yeah, I'm I'm not selling on the hype long term. I don't I don't know that he's going to go out there and and score 15 points a game in his rookie season. But will the reason why I think that he's the guy that fans are 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 grabbing onto is he represents two things that I think Heat fans have been missing for a while now. Number one, he's a shooter. And how many times have we talked about for the last few years that the one thing this team was missing was just that that one knockdown shooter. And not not a Wayne Ellington who could definitely knock down three-pointers if you left him open, but you weren't necessarily going to start him and, and build an offense around him. And number two, he loves to be hated. And Heat fans love to be hated. And and not, not the and hate. And Spo said he wants his team to yeah. like to be hated. And I'm not talking about the hate where national people don't talk about you. There's a big difference between being hated and ignored. 
And Heat fans are sick of being ignored. They miss being being hated. Being irrelevant is not fun. Yeah, and look what happened with Tyler Hero and Michael Michael Carter-Williams the other night in Orlando in that preseason game. I mean, that's the type of thing. And then not only that, guys, but you see how Jimmy Butler and Justice Winslow are embracing that, and it's just there's an identity, and I feel like the identity is getting back to being hated because you're up in guys' grills every single night, And, and I think this team has been missing that for a long time. I mean, you got two guys in Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler who live that identity. It's true. And and I look, I'll answer my own question by saying this. I think he's exactly now what the Heat need. And I don't know how we didn't see it. And and I guess here's why we didn't. When you enter an offseason, you always say to yourself, especially when you are following, rooting, whatever it may be for a team that is run by Pat Riley. All right, where's the stars? Give me the stars. Bring me some stars. Combo some stars. Package some stars. And when they were able to get Jimmy Butler, it was like, okay, yeah, who's the next star? Where's Bradley Beal? Who else? Russell Westbrook, sure, I'll take him. Chris Paul, whatever. You know, you, everybody's thinking that kind of attitude. And I get it. That's what we've grown accustomed to with Riley. Not many people are saying, all right, where's the, where's the kid who can shoot? And he's got a little toughness, a little swag. You know, no, meh. Oh, look, Kentucky, yeah, the kid can shoot. You know, there's not going to be because that doesn't seem like the missing link, the piece that you need to be a contender. When a reality is, look, we all know they need stars. That's not a secret. We talk about it all the time. Pat Riley knows it. He talks about it all the time. But you need a Tyler Hero, that kind of player, to be successful. You reference Clay Thompson, who obviously became a star when he was drafted. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be what he was. He became this this star player, one of the best players in the league, certainly one of the best shooters in the league. My point being, I think we were thinking so big that we lost sight of, it doesn't have to be a superstar off the bat, but I think Tyler Hero could be very productive off the bat for the Heat. Well, look, when you go to hire someone for a job, what do you look at, right? What are, what are the things you look at? You look at their resume, mm-hmm. and you look at their recommendations. He was a one-and-done from Kentucky. You have to be a really, really good basketball player to be one and done from That's Kentucky. True. Very true. Coach Cal raves about him. Pat Riley raves about him. As Clay pointed out, Jimmy Butler raves about him. Justice Winslow raves about him. Mm-hmm. Everybody who watched Summer League raves about him. It's very hard to temper your expectations and to bring it all down and frame him in context when every single person he interacts with is like, oh my God, this kid is ridiculous. Yep. And so, you know, it's not it's not from the, you know, one night in preseason he goes off and he has 20. I'm like, oh, there's the solution. It's every single stop of the way from the moment he got drafted through opening night, everybody he's come in touch with has been impressed by his shooting, by the way he asks questions, by his temperament, by his determination, by his commitment to why, learn how to play you, defense. Why, I, to, I sound like you know. Why did you? Why did you start talking like your mother when you said that? You sounded like your mom when your mom starts like. Because every time I, I hear from your mom, so I was like, David does this and does that. That's this. That's this, that's this. I, I, I love. Said, I love him like he's my son. Yes, you turned into your mother. <laughs> I morphed into, into my into mother. I, 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 I have Hero. feelings about Tyler Hero where I have now morphed. Tell into David my he needs to do this, and David needs to do that, and when David does Jeez. this. But, we have her call in. But it's interesting, though, and, and before before you run on the rant on your, your accent there, what I love is that Tyler Hero... I forgot how I met my mother, how I became my mother. I'm writing in the notes, by the way, for, for, for our listeners, Lang morphs into his mother. That's Dale Lang on the podcast. I, I became my mother. That's great. Um, it, the things that, that Jimmy Butler apparently did not like with players <laughs> in other places, he loves about Tyler Hero. Like, he, he has got... 
he's got the the exact thing thing that Butler has been looking for mm-hmm. that I think he felt was lacking. Well, can I ask you one question about that though? Because like Jimmy Butler has a rap now as uh, you know several teams, several yep. years. Now he's now he's a journeyman, if you will, right? Yep. So might he be going a little hard on the I'm a good teammate? front and so I, I and so by wrap, wrapping his I, arm around the rookie sort of thing no look i no i think it's more i think it's more we're in the honeymoon period period and and, and i so things happen because you're just going out in practice and whatever but i really think it's that and look i I, I hesitate to do this because I never covered Carl Anthony Towns. I never covered Am- Andrew Wiggins. Like I, I don't know these guys. They never covered like, anybody. But <laughs> that was very well done. Wow, that was good. That was well done. But I feel like in those two situations, when he was in Chicago, when he ran into trouble was when the coach who uh, helped grow him as a player left, and they brought in a coach that I don't think he saw eye to eye with. In, in Hoiberg. Then he goes to Minnesota and you get to a place with your coach, but you have two established star slash superstar type players. Andrew Wiggins has fallen off in his play the last few, but Carl Anthony Towns is the face of that franchise. So Jimmy Butler comes in uh, all filled with fire and, and brings something that they're not used to. And they're like, whoa, 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 hold on a second here. Hold on a second there. This is our team. He comes here, and this is his team, and it is not questioned. And, yeah. and Tyler Hero, not only is he, he's he's not questioning it, he is asking him questions about how to be more like him. So so I don't think it's Butler going overboard mm-hmm. on I'm the good teammate. I think it's everything is, is great right now because it's going his way, and maybe it will continue to go his way as far as the work ethic and things like that. But much like we talked about with the Cleveland Browns, when they got all these combustible personalities, how do you react when when things start to go poorly? Because it's going to happen during it, the will happen over the course of 82 games there will be some downs I mean there will be losing streaks tough moments uh I get it I do think Jimmy just is a fit I just think he's a fit I think there's certain guys that fit it, it it's funny talking to Myers Leonard he said that you know while in Portland they had a great thing he had nothing but great things to say about Portland and that is a well-run franchise you rarely hear bad things about Portland about the way the organization does things from a first-class perspective of treating players and and for lack of a better term the culture that they have there uh, with their organization Leonard said that's why when I came here it was such a good adjustment for me because I like structure I like expectation I'm used to the the for the benefit of the team and not for the benefit of a player and I think Jimmy fits that mold with the heat that that hatred we talked about earlier it doesn't work everywhere who knows how it'll work here again if the heat are just mediocre and not elite but I do think attitude cultural wise it is a perfect fit by the way always a perfect fit our sponsor today Vera Motors when you spend your hard-earned money on a car go to a place with a reputation and I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors Vera Cadillac Buick GMC Pembroke Pines the Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. So as we kind of pivot a bit, we we don't have to get, and I, and I just think it's not even the sake of brevity to not make it a two-hour podcast, but for the sake of that we've had this conversation all offseason, we know what the Heat have. Look, we know the players they have, and, and the again, the youth the combination of veterans. We still don't know what's going to happen with J.J. and Dion, given their setbacks, so to speak, in the preseason and training camp. But where you see this team now, and I think this is the best place to move forward to kind of finish this pod in the direction we go, is big picture this season. 
how good can the Heat be realistically? Has that changed at all with the preseason play? Or is this team kind of the way it's set up, what you expected it to be? I think they're a little better than than I expected. I still think the ceiling is what I thought it would be as far as a regular season the goes. And yeah, <laughs> the ceiling is the roof. Uh, third seed, <laughs> I still think you've got two teams that, that have, have more talent and are going to be tough to contend with in Philadelphia and Milwaukee. I do think, though, with, with this team... Let's say you get a three or a four seed, and, and Justice Winslow, when, when I sat down with him, said that that is the goal. They mm-hmm. want to get home court advantage in the first round. If you get one of those, and then you get into a semifinal series where you're facing one of those teams, I this team has the type of grind, the type of mentality that those teams are going to feel them in the playoffs, and that's what, what Eric Spolster wants. So regular season-wise, I don't think they're going to finish with more wins than either Milwaukee or Philadelphia. I do think three is realistic. Uh, I do think either three or four is realistic. Uh, but come playoff time, this is not a team you want to face. I see them on the bottom half of the Eastern Conference playoffs. So you're like the, the NBA GMs who had them seventh? That honestly, that's that's around, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a terrible season. I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs. I think there's a lot of adjustments. I think, for example, Bam. Right, Bam is now being asked to be the guy, as opposed to Hassan, whatever he was. Now Bam is going to have to have a certain amount of growth. Jimmy Butler is going to have to have 82 games of having a team catered to him. I just feel like there's a lot of. While there isn't a logjam, as we're seeing with JJ coming into camp out of shape, with Dion getting suspended before the first game, there's going to be a almost rotational logjam until they figure it out. And I do think there are teams that are just going to be more talented than them. I do think they're a playoff team. I do agree with Clay that come playoff time, they're going to be a tough out because of the nature of the players, because yeah. of their attitude, because of their coaching. But I think three is awfully optimistic. That's just that's yeah, just my opinion. I, I, I agree. And I, I always have to hold contain myself as a homer and as someone who I you know, starting this Wednesday, I'm gonna pretty much have to work or be at most games and and somehow while you cover a team, you you're that fan of the team and you wanna see and you get caught up in that. You get caught up in the excitement. And clearly you were just saying that they're better than maybe you expected. I, I'm with you on that. I try to then it's like, you know, I, I try to then take a couple steps back from that, say, Okay, this is where I should be in this spot, not three steps ahead, because of the the nature of an 82-game season. And look, already, while we have talked about all the good, right, all the good that the Heat have done this preseason and the and the, and the excitement of Tyler Hero and the addition of Jimmy Butler, there have been two strikes against this team already before they've even played a game, and that's J.J. came in out of shape and Dion has pissed off people, you know. So right off the bat, you've got, off the bat, what, what, what you've got two negatives on two guys, by the way, that are supposed to have significant roles on this team. And that's, and by the way, those are just the ones we've heard about. Yeah, I mean, because the Heat are very, very good about keeping things in-house. So I think the fact that they made it public a week before the season, uh, Dion's suspension, the fact that they sent out a release about J.J. showing up, you know, not meeting the conditioning standards, I think all that says something. Don't you think so, Will? Like, because all of that could have been done without us necessarily knowing. So I think they're trying to send a message and, and, you know, I, I... Clay, Clay mentioned it earlier that they're making an example out of Dion. I feel like they're trying to like de-Hassan the culture. Well, there's a, there's a deep conspiracy. Now I sound like you. Like you became your mother, and now I'm becoming you. There's a deep conspiracy that that the Heat. That it's not a coincidence that they've targeted two players that are big contracts that maybe they overpaid for that maybe don't they won't have significant roles in this team and called them out a little bit more so than if maybe this was Bam out of bio and Justice Winslow doing it. 
Is could there be truth to that conspiracy? Maybe, but I mean, the point is, JJ didn't come in in heat shape, and Dion has obviously done some things off to, to make Pat Riley mad. Because when Pat Riley releases statements, it's usually to tell Danny Ainge to to screw right, off. Right, right. Or, or that was my favorite phone call I've ever made in my job, where I had to call the Heat and be like, "Um, I just read there was a release where Pat Riley said bleep to to Danny Ainge," and the Heat were like, "Yep." I was like, all right, well, now I verified it. Yeah, that's, 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 that's called, uh, you know, checking your sources. Yeah. And, and, and my make, wife's like, what did you, did you just make a call? Yeah, I, I had to call the Heat to confirm that Pat Riley just Used an F-bomb on Danny yeah. I just wanted to do that before we put yeah. it on air. So <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I think this is a middle-of-the-pack Eastern Conference team that has the potential to be one of the top four seeds. But when I say top four seed, I mean the four seed. Could, if everything fell right, be the three seed? Sure, look. They're, number one is healthy. You'd have to be healthy. Jimmy has to be Jimmy for 75 to 80 games. You know, he's in that range. Let's say 70 to 80 games. He can't miss 15, 20, 25 games. You need Bam to continue to develop, which I said earlier without Hassan, that it is just Bam. I mean, Myers Leonard has been very solid during the preseason. KO plays kind of a different big man role in what he could do with the shooting. But when it comes to just pure center, this is Bam's team. This is Bam's job. This is Bam's time to shine. Justice, as we talked about all, all offseason, would likely get the opportunity and now it looks like it's pretty clear he's getting the opportunity as the starter. I think they want to manage Gorn's minutes in a good way, but Gorn at any point could come up with a sore knee. There's a little swelling there, and he's out 10, 15 games. We already talked about Dion and JJ. That's a little combustible right there, what's going on. So there are a lot of little things that could become big things if they aren't managed well by Eric Spolstra and if players don't buy in. So while everything on paper sounds great and feels great, when you give the good that could come of it and the bad that can come of it, I think a 45-win team is fair. I think a 44-45-win team is a fair place to start. And if they get up to that 48 range, you're excited. But I don't think it will shock too many people if they're more of that 42-win team. Because while the East isn't great, there's a lot of just okay teams. And I think for now, until they show more, the Heat fall into that category. That's probably me trying to avoid being a homer and taking a step back because inside I think they can and will be more than that. But I think to start the season... I feel pretty good saying that's a fair place to have them. I think that would be a positive also. I, I don't I, I think, you know, Heat fans now are thinking three seed. I think if they made the playoffs, that would well, be Well, I think they have to make I right. I, I think I, if I, they don't make the playoffs and something catastrophic happen as far as injury or or lack of production or development or whatever it may be. Because I, I think this team on paper is a playoff team. The last, I feel la- good. last year's team, we I felt similarly ish. I did. I did. It was I, close. Last year, I did. Last year, I remember saying, "Look, this year is all about development and Dwayne Wade." And then it actually ended up being more about Dwayne Wade and development, which was great. Last year felt like a playoff season, and while all year we talked about them possibly making the playoffs, in the end, them making the not making the playoffs was the best thing that could happen because we didn't see Dwayne go out in some sweep in the first round where he walked off the court following a twenty point loss in a sweep. Mm-hmm. We got to see him go out as that hero in those final two games and all the great hoopla and excitement. Walking through that tunnel. It was incredible. That's not going to happen this year. Dwayne's not saving anyone this year. That's it. It's over. And and, and even if this is UD's last dance, that's not going to save it either. So this year is about development and production. And that needs to happen. If the Heat are not a playoff team, it is a massive disappointment. I feel, again, safe in saying that. One last note, our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your harder money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, New York GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, New York GMC. Vera Cadillac, New York GMC, 300 South University Drive, Three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, final thought, Clay, how many wins for the Heat this season? Give me a number. 
47. Doogie? 42. I will say 45. Enjoy NBA basketball, everyone. Oh, wait, wait. It, I'm so high up. It takes me a second to get the music. So just enjoy NBA basketball, everybody. David, brush your teeth. Do the dishes when you get home. <laughs> say hi to Sloan for me. <laughs> and go heat. I really thought you were saying David's breath stunk right there. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to cut it off before the end.